Welcome to The Slip, an Atlanta sports podcast for the true ATL, and I'm the host, Brandon Baird. You can follow me on Twitter, at Bairdian underscore slip. There's a lot of good things to get into today. Oh my goodness, it's actually a good feeling to be an Atlanta fan. The Braves, we have a lot of good Braves talk to talk about. Um, they're, they're finally winning some games with some consistency. Um, and there's some reasons why um, there's some change. Uh, they're winning, uh, but I also feel like some things have to be changed in order for them to continue and succeed. It's a great time to be a Falcons fan because preseason is here. The first preseason game is in a day. Uh, I, I can't wait for it. And then. Of course, I will get into my final thoughts, um, which is about a serious subject in a different kind of way, um, in a way where it was good to hear how it played out, and it may not be the way that you're thinking, so make sure you stick around for that. But first, you know I got to get into I'm slipping on. Some off. Here is what he's slipping on. So I'm slipping on Will Smith. I'm not talking about the actor. I'm not talking about the catcher that plays across this the the, the country. I'm talking about the closing pitcher and decidedly closing pitcher for the Atlanta Braves. This guy is in a position that he should not be in. And it's apparent that he shouldn't be in this position. It's very apparent he shouldn't be in this position. And when the Braves were struggling, it's not like he was pitching all that great. He's had some good times. Yeah, yes. But he's also had some times where I feel like he could have done a lot better. But now that we are back in this division race, uh, we had never been too far away, but now that we are right in the thick of things at the start of Thursday morning, the Braves were tied for first place. But only because some Ozzie Albies heroics. And that's because Will Smith has blown two out of the past three save attempts that he has been has been given. The first one is when he blew the save against Washington in the midst of the win streak. We had one four straight, or maybe it had been five at that point. No, I think it was four at that point because it was the middle game. And he comes in with a two-run lead and blows it. Gives up three runs. So not only did he blow the save, he also put the Braves in a losing position. The Braves would go on to lose that game. Thankfully, the Braves won the next three. But the second to last game that they won, it's only because Will Smith got out got out of a jam. He was able to get a double play at the end of the game. He had runners on first and second with one out. 
because he decided to walk people and he was being hit hard. And he's lucky that Freddie Freeman has a really good arm and that Dan Speed knows how to turn that play. Otherwise, it would have been a different story. And lastly, in that third game where he actually blew the save, he gave up a home run to Joey Votto, a two-run home run, after a hit-by-pitch to Castellanos in a two-strike count. If you're going to be the closer, and if you're going to be the guy that's going to come in and shut the door, you need to do a lot better than that. And there's a lot of reasons why Will Smith is struggling. And a lot of them are things that I don't think he's going to be able to correct. Currently, Will Smith has a 3.86 ERA. That is not good for a closer. That's nearly given up four runs every nine innings. You only pitch one inning. That's almost saying that you have a coin flip chance of giving up a run every time you pitch. That's too much of a chance if you're supposed to be the best clo- if you're supposed to be the best relief pitcher on the team. He has a whip, a walks and hits per innings pitch of 1.136. That means every single inning that he has pitched thus far not every single one, but that means that he's likely to have a runner on. And if you're in a one-run game or two-run game, like he was yesterday, like he was the time where he went in for the save two saves ago, like he was two days ago, he was giving up runners. And he's lucky that he only gave up runs in two of them. He was lucky. If you let that runner get on base, especially in the game that baseball is right now, it's likely, maybe not likely, but it gives a bigger chance that someone could put up a crooked number on you with just a blast. In the way that Will Smith is is pitching right now, He's likely to do that. So what's going on is that he's pitching and he's likely to give up a run. And he has been. In 46.2 innings pitched, he's got he's given up 20 earned runs. That's way too much. Once again, that's a flip of a coin where it's likely that he'll give up a run in an inning. That's not good for a closer. Compared to his 2019 season, his strikeout percentage is down, going from 37.4% to 28.4%. That's not good. That's almost 10% difference. His line drive percentage is up, Almost 10 points from 23.6% to 32.3. Almost a third of the balls being batted are line drives. That's going to give up more runners on base. And the most damning thing that has really contributed 
to Will Smith's problem is his ground ball percentage. In, tw in 2019, his last full season as a closer, he had a ground ball percentage of 41.4%. That's pretty damn good. That's why we signed him to a big contract. That ground ball percentage has dropped to 28.9%. And you can see that with the rise of line drive percentage. You see that with the rise of fly ball percentage. And a lot of those fly balls that we've seen have turned into home runs. He's already given up six home runs this season. Two of them, or three of them, have been blown saves. And I wanted to see, like, why is this happening? Why is Will Smith giving up so, so many damn home runs? Why is he not as effective as a pitcher? Well, quite frankly, it seems like he's tipping his pitching. From someone on Twitter, Matt Trailer from baseball, baseball Cards with a Z. Botto was showing a teammate or a coach in the dugout that Smith is tipping his pitches. After seeing him do that, there is a clear difference with his front shoulder on the fastball and slider. He goes on to a, to a, a tweet later in the day. Just watch the last three videos of Will Smith on the MLB vault site, and he's definitely tipping. With the slider, his shoulders stay more square to the plate. With the fastball, he torques his lower half more towards second base, causing his front shoulder to be more towards first base. These are professional hitters out here. If those are the obvious things that you're doing, you're going to get rocked like Will Smith has been rocked. And at some point, Brian Snicker has to make this change because there's other options out there. And we'll get into that a little bit later. But at some point, changes have got to be made. You're listening to The Slip with Brandon Bear. Alright, alright. It is time to get into the Braves talk. And it's finally an exciting time to get into Braves talk ever since the, uh, the Braves preview. Like, I mean, think about it's been... Damn near four months since I felt like I felt this good about the Braves. And part of the reason is it's that it's the first time they, they've been over 500 the whole season. Which is absolutely wild that it's the first time they've been over 500 this whole season. And they entered the day in first place. Now they're losing pretty big to the Reds. They can still be in first place if the Dodgers are going to beat the Phillies and, and finish the sweep. Um, but, you know, it's really tough to sweep people. Just as it was really tough, it's going to be really tough for the Braves to sweep the Reds. And, and they're a pretty good team. But I'll take winning series, and that's exactly what the Braves have done. Entering today, there were four games over five 500. Um, and, you know, before when they we're still struggling. They maintained like under two games under. So you think that's a six win swing that they've been able to put on over the past week and a half. They've been eight and two entering the day in the past 10 games. And that's phenomenal. That is the Braves baseball that we have come to see. 
and they're finally in playoff contention contention and winning games and winning series and Bobby Cox um, you know the the great the old great uh, Braves manager said you're gonna win a third of the game and you're gonna lose a third of the game it's the other third of the games that matter and the Braves are finally winning that other third of the games that matter and that they're trying they're actually enforcing um, and doing the things that they have shown that they've been able to do and a big part of this has been the outfield production and I know I've been hating on this man a lot but Alex Anthopoulos has to give big be, be given credit for what he's been able to do at the trade deadline um, it wasn't sexy at all what he did but it's working and that's what matters and when you think about what's working it's not just um, Jock Peterson who's come in and played pretty well but you got to think that Jorge Soler has come in and played really well over the 10 games that he's played and Duvall has come in and played pretty well in multiple facets and he's done what he needs to do and both of those players being on the team has really shown to help this Braves team a good bunch. And so this is what Soler has been able to do in the 10 games that he's been on the Braves talk uh, or on the Braves team. And this is a very small sample, but it's a meaningful sample because over those 10 games, the Braves have been eight and two. You see where I'm going with this over those 10 games. Soler has had a 314 average with three home runs and 11 hits. But the reason he has an a OPS of 1,029 is because he's also been having walking. He's had six walks in those 10 games. That's been huge. And if you're walking in front of Freddie Freeman, that's going to spell trouble for the other team. If Ozzy's getting on base and you're walking, or Ozzy's getting on base and he's hitting home runs like he has, he's hitting the ball hard, that means the Braves are going to be in a good position to win. Especially with the lineup being deeper with the addition of Travis Darno. So Solaire hitting that two hole has been really good. And there's been an article written um, for a Talking Chop that's been really good that has shown what Soler has done not just with his his eye but what he has done over over the past I'd say about month and a half and now he came to the Braves hitting under 200 you're going to be like you know how what's what's going on with that like why why would the Braves want a player like that if they're actually trying to make a push well the thing is Soler was hitting the ball hard he was hitting the ball hard just as much as he was in the past two seasons where he was doing really well. And right now what you're seeing is an extreme regression to the mean. He's shooting up to that average where those hits are starting to fall. Where those long five balls are starting to go out the park. And that's what you need. And then you got Duvall. In the 11 games he's played, he's played phenomenal defense. Played phenomenal defense, which is something Almonte was not able to do. Almonte was able to get to the routine ones, but he continuously misplayed 
those other balls. And that's not good. That's not good at all. But it's so good to see Duvall coming up big. And if you're going to look at the production that Duvall has made, he's come up big with his home runs. And he's got a lot of big base hits. Because in those 11 games, he has 10 RBIs. He has three home runs. And with the 200 average, if you're still doing that, that means that that hit that you're getting every five at-bats are being clutch hits. You're also seeing the Braves fight back in a lot of different ways. They're winning those late games like they did against the Cardinals. These are the Braves that we have learned to love over the past few seasons. These are the Braves that have been saving Snickers' ass. But all of this outfield production, even with Heredia still hitting, I don't know where this dude came from, but even him still being productive, even though there's a lot of fans that are saying, why is he in a lineup? Well, he's in a lineup because he's being productive. He's playing good ball. But if Brian Snicker isn't going to use the reinforcements correctly that Alex Anthopoulos has gotten him, then all this shit doesn't even matter. It just doesn't matter. And it goes back to who I'm slipping on with Will Smith. At some point, Brian Snicker has to be the, has to make a change to either go with Rich Rod or he has to go to Tyler Matzik. And I think you should go with Rich Rod because he has shown to be good in closing situations with the Pirates. He's been really good since he came over to the Braves. Right now, Will Smith isn't the fourth best relief pitcher on this team there's many other options that Brian Snicker can make I think they should go with Rich Rod because he has a 2.82 ERA he has a whip of .835 and only in a third of the innings that he's pitched is he giving up a run that percentage better that he's been then Will Smith is no more emblematic than this stat. That he's given up no home runs this year. And if you're telling me a guy who may give up a big hit in a game that is not going to go over the fence, that means that that's a person that can actually save the day. That's a guy that means that he can actually come in and shut the door on these teams. Something that Will Smith has not been able to show and something that Rich Rod should be given a chance to show. You're listening to The Slip with Brandon Baird. All right. I mean, it's it's that time of the year, y'all. It is that time of the year where everybody feels like they got a chance. Everybody feels that they can win. Everybody's like, yes, the moves I made in free agency are work. The draft has done well. My quarterback's going to make that leap. My second and third year players about to be all pro. We're about to go 17-0 and now since they added the game. If you haven't picked up what I'm talking about, you know I'm talking about football season. 
Football season is here. It's preseason time. The only thing you hope for is that players don't get injured. But I tell you, my team is going to win it all. That's what I love about sports. You get that optimism. You have that excitement. You think it, You think it's that time. And it can be. And it can be. The last time I actually was down on the Falcons, they went to the Super Bowl. And then they let me down again. But Friday is the first preseason game for the Falcons. And you know, we got some things that we got to look out for. Because I actually enjoy watching the preseason games. Um, I like seeing um, what our draft picks are going to do. I like seeing if we have any players that are going to be able to come up and ball out. It's exciting for me. That's I love all levels of all sports. I love keeping up with the minor league baseball. If it wasn't so many games in baseball, I'd probably pay attention more to, you know, double A and triple A in the Braves. I, you know, especially you know with Pache and Waters. But let's let's get back to let's get back to football. Goodness gracious, what a digression. But, you know, I got to give you my five things that we got to look out for in this Falcons game. And first on that list is, of course, the backup QB battle, um, which is, of course, between Felipe Franks, the undrafted rookie out of Florida and no, no, no out of Arkansas. Excuse me. Um, that was drafts. That was out of Florida. And then you got A.J. McCarron, the longtime below average QB and it's going to be interesting to see who wins that because I mean honestly when your QB goes down when your starting QB goes down it, it's not a good sign you probably aren't going to win too many games it's just a matter of fact um, but the thing is if your QB is down for a week or two you want a QB that can actually come in and do a little damage you want a QB that can actually keep your game, your team in the game. Be able to use those weapons like a Kyle Pitts, like a Calvin Ridley, like a Mike Davis to their advantage so that, so that you can actually keep making a playoff push. Because in the NFL, every single game matters. And we all know this. So it's about what's going to happen. Um, when when those things go down. So like Felipe Franks, I'm hoping that he wins the job because we know what A.J. McCarron is. We know the kind of player he's going to be. Less than mediocre. I don't expect Felipe Franks to come in and be some Tony Romo guy that's been on the bench and then comes in and, and balls out. I don't expect that from him. But what I do hope to see is that he's able to make simple passes. What I do hope to see is that he's able to just do a little bit of game managing and put the ball downfield a little bit. Of course, he's going to have backup options in the preseason, but he's going to be playing against backups. And the biggest thing about that is that if you're able to do that against the backups, it doesn't say that you can be a QB in the league, but it doesn't say that you can't. 
But I tell you one thing, if you cannot be a good QB in the preseason, you ain't built for the NFL in the regular season. So that's definitely going to be the first uh, thing that I'm going to be looking out for. Next is going to be the safety. The Falcons did not re-sign Keanu Neal, and they released Ricardo Allen. They're going to have two new players in big spots on the defense. Who knows, they might play the second-year player, Jalen Hawkins. They may go with a rookie. But you got to look out for the battles between Eric Harris and Deron Harmon. Because right now, Eric Harris and Deron Harmon are the two people listed highest on the depth chart. But you got Richie Grant, who was a, a draft pick. You got TJ Green, who was a draft pick. These are all players that you want to you want to look at and say, hey, we want to see what they're going to be doing. And my hope is that they can make some plays. That's all I'm asking. Show me that you may have the ability to make plays. Because like I said with the QB, it ain't going to show you that you can play in the league. But it's going to show you if you can't. And both of those are big things. Next is a very underrated position. In an underrated position that um, you know, I hope people are a little bit more mindful of. Um, because when you have a good player at this position, it goes unnoticed. If you have a bad person at this position, it definitely gets noticed. And what I'm talking about is punter. The Falcons punter, Hot Flicker, got sent to the IR. Apparently, he ain't doing too well. He hurt something that's going to take him out for the whole year. And so the people that the Falcons have, and I've never heard of these bums, is Cameron Nizialek and Dom Maggio. I just hope that they're able to do something. Just kick the damn ball downfield and don't get your blocks, your punt blocked. That's all I'm asking. My goodness gracious. A damn shame that we got to look out for this position. Next on my list, number four, is going to be the tackles. Right now, Caleb McGarry, the starting right tackle, is working back from injury. He may or may not be ready for the, the regular season. I hope he is. But if he's not, some people are going to have to step in. One of those people is going to be Willie Beavers. And he's a guy that's been given a lot of run with the full team. You know, he may be the swing tackle. And that would really be good because the, the supposed swing tackle, Matt Gano, had neck surgery. A lot of interesting positions that aren't starters or aren't people that play half the snaps are getting injured. And they are important because a tackle can go down. And you want a good swing tackle. Because if you don't have a good tackle, it is very apparent. So I'm hoping that either Willie Beavers or the rookie Jalen Mayfield can come in and show that they may be ready to be competent. I don't expect these people to come out and be great. I really don't. But what I do expect them to do is to be able to be competitive. 
And in the preseason, I want to show that you can be competitive. That means you're getting your your blocks right. That means you're pushing people in the run game. Those are the two things that I'm looking for. Get those things rolling. Because that's going to tell me, it's going to make me feel a little bit better that if you're going to be able to do this. That's going to be big. And the last thing that I'm looking for, and I'm not sure how long this guy's going to be playing. He's probably only going to be playing uh, probably a drive or two because he is a starter. And that is Foye Lulcon. And shout out to that guy for balling over the past two seasons, especially last season. Because right now, he is the Mike. He's the middle linebacker of this defense. He has pushed Deion Jones to the outside linebacker, which I think Deion Jones can flourish. It's going to make him a little bit simpler. And Foye Oluokan, a Yale graduate, is a very smart guy. And when you move him to the signal caller, which is something that the Falcons had a lot of tough times with, especially when Ricardo Allen went down, it was a lot of mix-ups in the, in the defense. And hopefully that defense is a little bit simpler this year with a new defensive coordinator. That Foye Lucon is going to be able to succeed and flourish in that micro. But we'll see. We'll see. But once again, I am hopeful for this season. I don't think they're going to be a team that goes 13 and 4 or 14 and 3. I think they are able to be a 9 or a 10 win team, and that's going to make the playoffs. And once you make it to the playoffs, it's anybody's game. This is The Slip with Brandon Baird. Dinger. That's the word that was supposedly said by a fan when Lewis Brinson was up to bat in the seventh inning. Said multiple times, yelling. But it didn't sound like that. A lot of people didn't hear that. There's an incident in Colorado where a fan was suspected of saying the N-word at Marlins outfielder Lewis Brinson. It was said in such a vile and violent way that it was really worrisome on why he was able to continue to do that and no one was able to say anything. There was a lot of backlash, reactions from people in all spaces, of course, social media. We're saying, and this is the place where they took the All-Star game after Atlanta that was supposed to be racially motivated. And that doesn't really make sense. It was just one person in, in one town. That does not describe the whole city. And you got to be careful of the, what the majority thinks. After a about a 12-hour review when fans were emailed, called, and contacted... It was determined that what the fans said was Dinger yelling at the mascot of the Colorado Rockies. And what I was interested in is what Lewis Brinson said. Because he responded in a manner that was completely appropriate. And I think it makes you think of, hey, this is what it's like to be black in America. Quote, 
So I watched the video at least 50 times in the past 15 to 16 hours, Brinson said, according to the Associated Press. Continued. I watched it a lot, especially when I heard he said dinger instead of the N-word. I personally, this again is my opinion, I personally keep hearing the N-word. It's not that I want to hear it, I never want to hear it. Personally, I've never been called that in person to my face or on the baseball field, outside of baseball, ever. So I don't know what my reaction would be if I ever got called that. I haven't talked to the Rockies or that fan personally. If that's the case, then I'm sorry for any backlash or anything he's getting right now. And that's how he responded. After knowing that maybe the fan said dinger instead of the n-word. But when you're in a situation like that, it really shows what it's like to be black in America. Where you hear something that may not be enunciated completely correctly. And the vile nature that everybody heard who thought it was the N-word was not just a mistaken thing, but it really shows where we're at with the advancement of race in this country and the perception of what these fans and these people in society can't actually be saying. This has been a slip. An Atlanta Sports Podcast for the True ATL, and I appreciate everybody tuning in. We'll be back next week with some Braves talk, some Falcons talk, some Atlanta United talk. You can find this podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, and Apple Radio. Don't slip.